So I've been uh, I've been thinking a lot lately about what my hopes are for these students, what my uh, my dreams are for my own kids, and um, a lot of time I think we, we approach our dreams for these kids and, and for our own kids out of a out of a place of fear and out of a place of anxiety, um, where we. Uh, where we hope that they don't make the same mistakes that we did, or, or they don't go down the wrong path, or, or, they, or they have bad morals. And so uh, we, we push them to church, um, where we hope they'll learn to have good morals, where they'll stay out of trouble, and learn to be nice. Um, the problem when we approach um, their, our dreams for them out of this place of anxiety and fear is I don't think it lines up with what Jesus what Jesus' hopes and dreams are for them. See, his invitation is to carry a cross and follow him to our own execution. That this Jesus thing has consequences. It's not focused on morals, but on following Jesus. It's about falling in love with God, about knowing and surrendering to the Holy Spirit every moment. This isn't about church memberships. It's about living in the freedom and compassion of Jesus. This, this morality is a byproduct of this relationship, of this life that brings love out into the world. See, Jesus comes to offer another way to live, not just how to live within the present system, but a completely separate way. That's why the first Christians were called followers of the way. Will you pray with me? Uh, dear God, I thank you for the experiences we had during 30 Hour Family and how, even though it was hard and it, uh, there was pain in our hunger. Um, you worked through us to accomplish your purposes, and, um, and it was amazing. Um, so God, I pray that you can continue to work in our lives. I pray that you would uh, speak through me now, uh, that you would open up um, all of our hearts to hear your message. Uh, we love you, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, we learned a lot this weekend about God's kingdom and about how he is the king, and he invites us into his kingdom work. Uh, we talked about global hunger and poverty and how Jesus wants us to join him in doing something about it. We played games that opened our eyes to the struggle um, that children have in developing countries. We starved and felt the pain of hunger, which opened our eyes to something that many live with all the time. Uh, this fast is a little different than um, the fast that Jesus talked about in the Sermon on the Mount because it had multiple purposes and challenges going on with it. We were we were raising money for, for other people. We were, um, we were doing it to see what other people feel like sometimes. Um, th there was a lot of purposes uh, in that. Um, I, think, I think maybe God's hope in fasting is that we realize some of these things. Is that we realize that some people are hungry and they don't have a choice. Um, maybe God's hope is that our eyes will be opened to the hungry. Um, that we use what we have, the extra that we have, to meet the needs of those who can't help themselves. That we ask questions that make us think about why people are poor in the first place. Maybe, maybe his goal with fasting is to, to make us understand what our role is in his kingdom. And maybe learn to grasp the idea of enough amidst the culture of excess. Maybe it's to teach us to learn to live with less so that we can give more. One of the main uh, verses that we talked about this week was 1 John 3.18. It says, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. 
See, our God is a God of action. He is always at work, always acting, always creating, making things new, giving life, working out his purposes, and even the worst situations. Uh, early on in the story of uh, God's chosen people, we see a story of, God, of how God decided to act, how he decided to, to step into action. See, the Israelites were enslaved uh, by the Egyptians, and the Israelites called out. They cried out to God, and God heard their cry. God always hears the cry. He hears your cry. He hears mine. So God hears their cry, and he begins to act. He begins to, to make a process to their freedom from slavery. He begins to act for his captive chosen people. And so Moses says, let my people go. And God acts through a series of plagues that made life difficult for the Egyptians. So they'd be more inclined to let these people go. So things could get back to normal where life was good for the Egyptians, but bad for everyone else they came in contact with. Then finally, they left Egypt. And God continually is providing and leading along the way. He made, he made the Red Sea part so that they could cross on dry land. He did lots of amazing things along this way. And so on their journey through this desert, they got hungry. And what do you do when you get hungry? You complain. <laughs> and you think about food. And, uh, and we did. We thought about food. Did you see me? Like, um, our nice friend in the back there, Dave Osborne, put a... Um, Put a big cake on the screen while we were starving. No, I'm just, I'm just in here hanging out, and all of a sudden there's a big cake on the screen. Um, so I ran up and tried to eat it. Um, so, um, so you think about food. That's what happens when you fast. If you fasted before, you know. You just think about food. And so, so their thoughts, the, uh, the Israelites' thoughts returned to Egypt where they had food. In Exodus 16, um, we see that... Uh, Oh, I got ahead of myself, sorry. <laughs> um, but what they wanted, when they started to think about food, their thoughts returned to Egypt, and they, um, they want to go back, which is what we all want to do, right? Like, we start to follow God, but we're constantly wanting to turn back. We're constantly wanting to turn back to our, to our old ways, um, the old way, our, our old lusts, our old greed, our old slavery. So what does God do? He hears them cry out for food and grumble and complain, and so God provides food. Uh, but he doesn't do it in a normal way. He uses the opportunity to teach these grumbling chosen people of God that they are different. Right? He sets up a principle here that Jesus refers to in the model prayer, or the Lord's Prayer. In Exodus 16, which is where we're going to be most of the time, if you want to turn there. In Exodus 16, we find a story um, about God providing for his people. In Exodus 16, verse 4, says, Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. See, God's trying to teach them uh, some principles of how to live. Um, only take enough. Like He's setting them free from something here, something that could control them. Something that does control me. Uh, sometimes I'm controlled by my stomach. I am addicted to food. Um, good food. Uh, and it's funny, in verse 2, um, it says that the... Uh, here what it says in verse 2. Um, actually, it's... Uh, what is it? Verse 4? Yeah, it says, 
Uh, if only we had died in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. See, like sitting around pots of meat, that sounds like heaven. I don't know. <laughs> but, but actually, this was slavery, right? Like they're remembering this, uh, this food, and they're thinking, that was heaven. But actually, it was slavery. Um, so sometimes maybe, maybe we're fooling ourselves. Um, they sat around pots of meat. Uh, it does sound good. Um, and, and later in verse 15, when God, um, when God does provide for them this food, this bread from heaven, um, they end up calling it, what is it? <laughs> like they called it manna, which means, what is it? So it wasn't really that appetizing meat in a pot. It was, what is that? We're going to eat that? Um, and so, so you think they... Um, do you think they followed the instructions that God said in, uh, in verse 4? Do you think they passed the test? Do you think they uh, took just enough? Nope. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Uh, <laughs> verse 20. Let's look at verse 20. Verse 20 says, However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning. But it was full of maggots and began to smell. smell. So Moses was angry. Um... And then also, they weren't supposed to collect um, on the Sabbath day. They were supposed to collect twice as much the day before the Sabbath so that they wouldn't have to go out and work during the Sabbath. And so in verse uh, 27, it says, Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commands and instructions? I mean, these people were kind of hard-headed. Um, and I think... These people are still that way. Um, God has uh, God has to teach them these things, right? Because it goes against everything and everyone around them in society who say, get more, save up. Success, success is equated with excess. But for God, the basic principle for his kingdom is this concept of enough. It's one of the first things he teaches them, even before the Ten Commandments. And then, in the same chapter, he tells them to remember it's important for us to remember because when we forget, um, we go back to Egypt. Right? In verse 32, Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded. Take an omer of manna and keep it for generations to come so they can see the bread I gave you to eat in the desert when I brought you out of Egypt. I guess God wanted them to say, what is it? You know, too. And, and, and they would ask this question and then it would open up the opportunity for the dad and the mom to tell the story. Well, and it would help them to remember, well, God led us out of Egypt. And we wanted to go back, even though it was slavery, because they had meat. And this is what God gave us. <laughs> so so um, God sets this up, sets up these reminders, sets up these rhythms. He goes on to um, all these things that the, the Israelites go through. God tells them to remember, set up a holiday or a holy day, if you will, and remember what happened when, um, when the plagues came through Egypt. Remember when I parted the Red Sea. Remember when I provided for you in the desert. Remember when I led you into the promised land. Remember, remember, remember who you are. Because if you forget, you're going to go back to slavery. It's important that we remember who we are. It's important that um, we remember where God is taking us. It's when we forget that we return to Egypt. We either become like Egypt and and become the, uh, the oppressors ourselves, or we go back into the slavery that God has already set us free from. God goes on to set up these celebrations, these holy days, uh, these days of remembrance. Every week, it's, it's worked into God's pattern that we have a day of rest, right? You work six, and you rest. 
God set up this rhythm in life, this rhythm um, of the moon every 30 days, this rhythm of the tides, this rhythm of with, within ourselves of our heartbeats and our, and our breath, a constant rhythm because, because we're people uh, and, and he knows how he made us. He knows what, is go- what we're going to remember. And so he set us up with these reminders because we often forget. So I want you to take a look at this video called Rhythm.
stressed out this week um, with this whole famine, um, planning it and getting it together, and then today um, being in charge of the service. Um, but yesterday, I had one of those moments. Um, they come around every so often. <laughs> Um, like when we were in Mexico and we were building a house for people that needed a house. And, uh, when, when, you're, when you're exactly where God wants you to be, where there's no other place um, that would be right, um, these, these moments come when I am completely poured out. I'm completely broken and poured out on the sake of people in need. Um, Isaiah 58.10 Says, uh, it says, if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noon day. And so, so we're working hard in the 90, you know, 90 plus degree weather yesterday and, um, and my stress and my not eating and everything, I was feeling bad and, and you guys, okay, there we go, right? Um, but it was also that moment, you know? It was that, that moment where this is Jesus' hopes and dreams for my life. And so I've been thinking about my hopes and my dreams for these kids, for my own kids. I've been thinking about... Um, what Jesus' hopes and dreams are for, for our life as, as a church. And um, I think it's that, that you live in that moment, that moment where there's nowhere else you could possibly be because this is what God has planned for you. When you break yourself open, pour yourself out for people in need. Um, every week we offer an invitation because God has invited us in to his kingdom. Uh, he's invited us to, to take part in this. And so we're going to, um, if you go ahead and stand, we're going to sing a song. And, and during that song, if you would, uh, if you want to come, if, if you've never um, been a part of this Jesus thing, if you've never become a Christian, uh, we want to invite you to come and we can talk about what it means to, to start that journey, to start that walk with Jesus. If you are a uh, if you're not a member with us and you're looking for a church to serve with, to have fellowship, to, to join the work uh, of people as we um, work in his kingdom, we invite you to join Williamsburg Christian Church. Uh, maybe you are a Christian. Maybe you're part of this church. Maybe it's been hard. Maybe everything's been piling up um, and you haven't been living in that moment. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. You need to remember what it means and turn away from the slavery that he's already set you free from come back. So if you need to uh, become a Christian, if you need to join Williamsburg Christian Church, if you need to rededicate your life, we invite you to come forward as we sing.